Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Rambo with Russell, show 436 of my podcast, the home of intelligent rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network. Have a trick show lined up for you today on this wet weekend here in southern central Ontario at the time of this recording. Let's start things off, speaking of weekends, with an old uh, re- uh, retro movie Blu-ray review for, this episode, for the show. From Anchor Bay Home Entertainment, it is the Ostomer Weekend, director Sam Peckinpah's last film he did with an all-star cast Aaron Rutger Howard, Dennis Hopper, Burt Lancaster, Craig T. Nielsen, and John Hurt, where revenge is best served cold. Then we go some vengeful people from the remnants of the Cold War to some young teens with a little too much power on their own hands. Speaking of power, with Project Almanac, another great release from great folks at Paramount Home Video, where, where a group of teens discover time travel and and learn that messing with time ugh, can sometimes not be the, the the smartest thing for you to do. Then we go from time traveling teens to a another return visit from Paul Blart. It's Paul Blart Mall Cop Two on a Blu-ray, courtesy of Sony Home Video, where Kevin James once again re- resumes the role of a very zealous security guard and an addition to paul blart mall cop too i'll also talk about the first movie as well and then to wrap things up we go from a very zealous mall cop to some very angry i guess zombies if you will or mutants with a the second chapter in the resident evil revelations it's resident evil revelations 2 for the ps3 courtesy of the great folks at gameaccess.ca that's all in this episode of Ramble with Russell. So we're going to take a quick musical interlude right up with the first review of the show. My retro movie review for this weekend is the Osterman Weekend, courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. Now this is done back in 1983 and was director Sam Peckinpah's last movie. Now, you may not know Peckinpah, for some of you youngins out there, you may not know his last name, but he was the pioneer of slow-mo. He was really the guy who really kind of brought that kind of filmmaking really to light. And a lot of Pino directors, a lot of um, directors after him, really kind of owe a lot of their look at their movies to Peckinpah. If you look at some of the Matrix movies, there's a lot of slow-mo in those, and, and Peckinpah was really the, the pioneer of such cinematography. 
Now, I said this goes back to 1983, and it revolves a weekend party that kind of goes to hell. The 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 uh, the host of investigative uh, news show that's Rutger Hauer is convinced by the CIA and and uh, and part of the CIA is John Hurt that uh, that the friends that he that the, the three of his closest friends that he's invited over to you know for weekend in the country are engaged in conspiracies that threaten national security. Now this is adapted by Rob, uh, Robert Ludlum novel. And if you know Robert Ludlum. He much, very much is uh, a Cold War, kind of America versus the Russians kind of writer. That, that's kind of his genre, his raison d'etre, and that's kind of novels he writes. So it's very much an adaptation of that. So, so, so Rucker Hauer you know, kind of has to play a reluctant spy for his friends that come over. His friends include Dennis Hopper, Burt Lancaster, and of course, Craig T. Nelson. Now, this movie is an odd little movie. It's, it's, it's an R movie, so right off the bat, like right in the opening scene, this is not a movie you should be watching with kids because, uh, you know, shortly before a woman meets her demise, you can see her kind of pleasuring herself. So it really kind of sets the tone. By the way, this is not a kid's movie. Uh, so it's it's right there and it it kind of starts a little bit slow it's not until you get you know really into the actual weekend itself that really stuff kind of you know shite hits the fan and and the body count starts to rise because as as the the film progresses you realize that the john hurt character yeah, yeah, he he has a certain agenda, which really doesn't come into play until the latter part of it. So, so there is a fair bit of violence in this. There's a oof, a fair bit of nudity, uh, mostly female though. So, if you're looking for any sausage fest, no, you're not going to get that here. The man in this, uh, maybe maybe that guy's ass, but but for the most part, his his junk, any men's junk is pretty well protected here. It's kind of neat to see a lot of these actors in, in this role. Back in 1983, Rutger Hauer was really just starting to to break it through. This is around the same time he did Blade Runner. So this actor was kind of in the start of his career when it came to movies. Also, to see John Hurt a lot younger than he is now is, is kind of a neat uh, flashback to it. This is a very stylized movie. As I said, the action, you got to be patient. doesn't start till later on in the film. There are some good explosions, and there's one really big explosion, but you have to watch a lot of it. If you're looking for a really fast-paced movie, you got to have patience. There are some plot twists. There is some intrigue to it. The The use of technology is very, is, is, you know, a thing to note here, because keep in mind, back in 83, a lot of the stuff they're showing here is pretty high-tech. Now, by today's standards, of course, you're looking at it going, nothing. But but back in 83, a lot of the, the closed-circuit stuff they show in this movie, and, and you know, and the... The, the camera work is kind of ahead of its time, and that's that's a very visionary kind of thing with Peckinpah, and that he he kind of saw this technology becoming commonplace, but it just wasn't really that much back in '83. So that's kind of cool that it, he was a visionary that way. For picture and sound quality, it looks pretty good for a thirty-plus-year-old movie. Now there isn't a lot of extras in this. You do get uh, Alpha to Omega. This is a seventy-eight-minute documentary. 
uh, where with the actors and 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 a lot of people behind the scenes talk about the movie. It's kind of cool to see them all reminisce and 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 talk about the film that they once did. And you can tell that this this was done you know a few years ago because the actors look younger than they should if it was done really really recently. Uh, one of the uh, omissions, though, almost every actor talks about this, and, and all the men, all the ladies, except for Dennis Hopper. There's nothing here. All the other actors talk about their role, and yet Dennis Hopper is strangely absent from all this retrospective look back to the movie. Uh, I find that rather odd. I always do when, when everybody else takes part, and, and he's the one exception to it. Not even any archival footage of him talking about this uh you do and you also get a theatrical trailer no audio commentary unfortunately would have been kind of cool but no uh not in that uh, also um you know top marks go to helen shaver and meg foster who are, are the females in this there's certain things they do and you're like wow that that's pretty gutsy of you to do that uh no it, it's it's a overall overall i i did like this movie it had a a good nice plot twist with you you have to wait till it really kind of picks forward near the end but by the end it's just body bullets are flying bodies are falling and it's a very chaotic ending uh to the movie the the big focus of this thing is project omega though and they really don't tell you what it is it's just it's something really big and it's worth keeping a secret and and worth killing over, but we never find out what it is. And that, that's a bit of a flaw to the story, in my opinion. Uh, I would have liked to know what exactly all the killing and shooting was over for than just a really fancy thing called Omega. Just me. I'm nitpicking. So that is my take of the Osterman Weekend on a Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Anchor Bay Home Entertainment.
Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Project Almanac, courtesy of Paramount Home Video. Now, this is another of the found footage movies, which of course started way back in the old days of the Blair Witch Project. And this one, it revolves around five teenagers who who discover the ability to time travel uh, through through found for old footage from his dad's old camcorder, from the main character's David's old camcorder, played by uh, Johnny Weston. Now, this this is very similar to the last movie I kind of saw like this way, called The Chronicle, where it's teenagers who get way too much power and and get in themselves over their heads. It, it's it's interesting. Now, all this is, of course, found footage stuff. So it's all shot with either you, you know you're looking through a camera, looking through a camera, and the the effects in this are kind of cool. I have to give credit for that. As as all with teenagers, the first thing they want to do with this newfound technology and time travel doesn't really happen until fairly into the story is is they want to change their lives and make it better and and then one kid they keep going back in time just to he can ace an exam and then it goes oh I want to you know fix things to, to they all trying to make their lives better and they even go back and, and and attend a concert as well the problem happens in that with anything in time travel and if anything watching you know Doctor Who over these years has taught you you really got to be careful how you meddle in time because it, it's it's a ye old uh, a la Ray Bradbury butterfly effect where you do one little thing in the past and then it will have consequences for other things that you didn't even know about because you're ignorant. And and as these teens keep jumping willy-nilly through time, they, they and and it's not huge jumps. I mean the 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 at first it's it's a few months and it's a few days. They they start realizing that their their actions have consequences. And then when they change something in the past good for them, it can cause consequences like people dying in a plane or people getting hurt and and there's there's a ripple effect with time, especially with the main character, David. Early on, they make a, a rule that they should never jump alone, and and he kind of breaks that rule because of his his relationship with Jesse Pierce, played by Sophia Black Delidia. She, him, and her, he, you know, when they start off the movie, she kind of stumbles into them and and their and their creation. And 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 kind of gets uh, cut along on the ride, and 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 he develops, uh, you know, an attraction to her. And at one point in the movie, they're attending a rock concert that they've gone back to time for, and he has a moment. He has a moment, you know. You only get these in life somewhere where, where she she makes an advance to him, and being his young, stupid teenage male self, completely blows it. And then when he goes back at the footage, because they film everything, um, he realizes, shit, I, I had a moment with her and I blew it. So he breaks the rule, goes back in time by himself to that. And 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 then instead of missing the cue to to do something, he he catches it. And and then when he comes back in in back to the, his present, he now has a relationship with the woman which he didn't have before. Now 
you really can't take all this stuff too scientific and too seriously. This is a science fiction movie, but it's not very science fiction accurate. You kind of have to leave your tech brain at the door. And there's a lot of tech talk in this. And speaking as a guy who knows tech, some of it is a little ee But you, you kind of have to go, okay, I, I don't want to think too hard about all this jumping around. And there's some plot points where you go, well, you... Wouldn't they be running into their past selves and 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 stuff? And these kids just make a mess of the timeline, and this all kind of builds up right to the end. Uh, overall, I, this is um, it's a time travel movie. It's very similar to Chronicle in that you have teenagers who discover an ability or a power, and they behave like teenagers, and it gets out of control. As I said, the the effects are pretty impressive, although and it is minimal. I mean, a lot of it is rotating, levitating objects and a lot of sparks and explosions, that kind of thing. And now the the ending is a little confusing. Now, for for extras, they do give you alternative endings, which I don't know are really better or worse than the original one. It it, it just. It, it tries, it has a bit of a twist, but I don't know if you're really going to like it. Now, they, they, for the most part, I don't know these actors. They, they've hired kind of lesser-known actors to play these parts. And a lot of times that adds to the realism of something. Because then they go, well, you know, this is not some pretty boy actor or actress, so therefore it's more believable. Eh, yes and no. Uh, I thought as actors, they're okay, you know. Uh <laughs> And, and I don't know, it, it could have been nice to see maybe some more recognizable people in it, but then it would take away the realism, so do what you have there. Uh, if you're looking for a big action movie, no, not really. Now, the, interesting enough, this is made by Michael Bay. Michael Bay has a hand in this movie uh, as, as one of the... Um, one of the creators for it. And I don't know. Um, you know, this calls this a smart and thrilling time travel movie. I don't know about thrilling. There are some moments of intenseness, but overall, I don't know if it really is that. One of the things I always find amusing on the packaging is when they always preview quotes from other reviewers, this one, and this quote comes from Riley Roberts from Crixit. Uh, com. It is a movie you want to see with your friends again and again. I don't know about that quote. If you and your friends are teenagers, yeah. You want to see your fellow teens, you know, causing havoc and acting a little douchery and just being rebels. Yo, 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 yo. Then yeah, maybe this is for you. But I... I sadly, I don't think I'm the target demo for this movie. And that, that really is is not me. Uh, for special features, you do get alternative opening. It, it's there. You know, I don't think it's any better or worse than, than the one it is. Deleted scenes and the all, different alternative endings, which only are slight variances of, of, the, of the original ending. Although one has two cameras, which doesn't make any sense of them finding two cameras. You try to figure that out. Good luck. Um, in, in general, this is a, it's a decent little um, found footage movie uh, of 
teens messing around. Uh, overall, uh, if you if you like the Chronicle and that kind of found footage stuff, it's fine. Uh, I just don't know if, for me, it's going to require a lot of repeat viewings. So that is my take of Project Almanac on Blu-ray DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Video.
last Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Paul Blart's Mall Cop 2, courtesy of Sony Home Video. Now, this is a sequel to the original Paul Blart Mall Cop back in 2009, and Kevin James is Paul Blart. Now, this is a very interesting sequel. Now, the first movie was a, a sweet kind of tale of the underdog. Kevin James with Paul Blart, you know, a longtime security guard at a mall, who, who has to kind of step up his game when the mall gets invaded by criminals and only Blart is left to save the day. Also starring in the original movie was Jayma Mays, who, of course, is Emma, uh, who is one of the characters in Glee, who is one of the, the, the main kind of act- actresses in Glee. She kind of plays the, the love interest Amy, on the on the in this movie so so the very the first movie is is very much a sweet kind of underdog rises to the challenge to save his his new love interest and his daughter as well his young tweenish daughter so that that's very much the the story of that and his daughter is played by Rani Rodriguez. So you have that story there. And what's cool about this, the first movie, it, it's very much filled with 1980s soundtrack. I, I liked the, the, the first movie. It was cute, endearing, had some good comedic elements to it. And and Kevin James was pretty funny. You had sympathy for this guy. Oh, and, and the character is hypoglycemic. So if he doesn't have enough sugar, he just goes down. So that was that movie. And it very much, it was kind of like a poor man's diehard, really, <laughs> in a way. And, and yeah, a lot of great 80s music. And, and I liked it as, as a standalone film. Now, of course, that movie made a good chunk of money. So what happens in Hollywood when one movie makes a chunk of money? Well, we have a sequel. And six years later, a sequel is born. Now, one of my problems with the sequel, and, and I think the reason maybe the changes happen, is we changed directors. The writing team stayed the same between movies, but the directors completely changed. And I think that's where we hit the problem here. Right at the start of the second movie, the, the first movie ends, not to be too spoilery, in a very, up, you know, the good guy wins and, and he gets his girl and, and it's just a really kind of happy ending to it. In the sequel, um, and, and, and I saw a comment on this in IMDb and I completely agree with them on who made the comment. The sequel to this movie, it's almost like the director of the sequel said, you know, F you director of the first one. I'm going to take all that stuff you did in the first movie and within the first five minutes... I'm just going to wipe the slate clean on Paul Blart. This is my movie now. I'm the new director. I'm going to take all the goodness from the first movie and I'm just going to flush it and flush it hard and and, and we're just going to keep going. And they kind of do that. Uh, This is kind of the same problem I had with Hot Tub Time Machine. The first movie was very enjoyable. Lots of 80s music. and, And then the second movie was like, what? What what were you doing? <laughs> it was completely different. This time around, as I said, in Paul Blart 2, all the goodness of 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 one goes away. Uh, Paul Blart loses the girl, 
uh, I, and and according to the way they, they wrote it, he loses her because she is shallow and dumps him after six days of being together. Now, I find that timeline a little effed up because if you look at the ending of the first movie, right, it's all happy. Slight spoiler here. There's a wedding and 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 I I don't know what universe they're in, but in my universe it takes a while to plan a wedding, even if you're doing it in a mall, and with that amount of people and that kind of stuff, that it seems to quote another movie inconceivable that that the, they could have had that wedding and then she would have dumped him all within the span of six freaking days. Okay, I I think they could have extended that a little longer that that all that happened in six days are you effing kidding me okay i know i know russ you're saying it's a movie let's not get stressed out on 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 reality what does reality have to do with anything but you know so that right there you're going okay all right this is where you this is where the new director wants to start things uh, you know, apparently Kevin James and his writing partner just wanted to piss on their first movie. So, so that happened. And if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough to go, oh, well, they got rid of one of the better parts. Of the, so she's not coming back. Um, they also get rid of another character from the first movie where they, they had no reason to do this other than. I guess they really wanted Paul Blart to be just really low, like really down, low, 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 that that he needed a severe pick-me-up at the start of the second movie. So they kill off another character. And you're going, okay. Um, so so the, the character of Maya, uh, Rani, Rani Rodriguez, she does survive. And it's six years later. And she's grown into a, a nice young lady uh, who who kind of wants her independence from dad. And 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 Paul Blart kind of morphs from the first movie as a lovable kind of goofball to uh, a, even uh, to a little bit more hefty. He's, he's gained some pounds in six years to an, an over obsessive protective father to Maya who kind of guilts her into her staying with him and, and not letting her have her own life and very overly protective. And in more than one instance in this movie, publicly embarrasses her while they're out together. And I'm thinking, wow, you've taken this guy who, by the end of the first movie, oh, look, he's just a lovable loser to a, a really fat douchebag. And, and your sympathy for him kind of seems to wane a little bit uh, in this one. As in the first movie, and, and these very much are kind of like a diehard, it, it, it's, it's Blart finds himself in the, in, the, in the, you know, the wrong place, wrong time, where he, you know, even going to Vegas, they, they can't escape criminals in that they, they, they go to Vegas because Blart's been invited to a convention of security guards because of what he did six years ago and and he thinks he's going to be the guest's key speaker so so his ego says oh well i gotta go so so they 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 go to vegas and and coincidentally at the same time they're going to vegas 
a, a criminal mastermind has decided to rob this said hotel where they're having a convention um, of all the valuable paintings that are in it. And it's up once again to Paul Blart to save the day and, and again rescue his daughter Maya. So that's kind of the principle of this. Now, whereas the first movie was Paul Blart on his own in a mall taking care of business. In the sequel, we get introduced to a whack of other security officers. And in the end of the day, it's it's Team Blart that really saves the day. It, it's not just him on his own. He, he enlists the aid of his other security guards to take down the bad guys. So that kind of dilutes, really, it in, in a way. Uh, your main bad guy here is Vincent. Now, this is played by Neil McDonough. And he does a really good job being the villain. I, I kind of like him in this one. He, uh, Paul Blart's sort of a love interest is uh, the one of the staff of the hotel played uh, called Davina, played by Daniela Alonzo. She is a an interesting uh, character. She's sort of a love interest, but she really isn't in this movie. So that that is, you know, a lot of the major additions. You get introduced to a a lot of security guards. As as I said, it, it's it's Team Blart really that takes down the bad guys. So there there's a big slow mo kind of fight sequence near the end where they all kind of stumble through fighting <laughs> fighting the bad guys in it. And 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 you know. It, it 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 ends in a way that they really hint at a possible sequel. As one of the things I enjoyed with the first movie, <clears throat> there is a soundtrack to this one, but all that 80s music from the first one, gone in the sequel. It just doesn't exist anymore, and that's, that's a shame. The soundtrack for the first movie, I would listen to. The second movie, eh, a few songs. None of them are really 80s. And nothing memorable that I'm going to think about days after I've seen this movie. Overall, do you need to have seen the first movie to enjoy the second? No. No, as I said, the first few minutes of the second movie kind of wipe out the events of the first. And they summarize it, and you don't really need to see it. In fact, seeing the sequel... Will will make you feel like oh well maybe the first movie didn't really have a happy ending after all, and it kind of ruins it in a way. I, I can just I can just imagine what the director of the first movie thinks after seeing the sequel. I, I I wouldn't think he would be too happy with how they treated that. Uh, you know Kevin James is Kevin James. He he's fatter in this one, and I think Paul Blart is a, is not as likable a character in the sequel. They really try. Near the end of the movie, they try to steer the ship around, and they try to say, oh, well, you know, maybe he's not as bad an obsessive father. Maybe he's not as big a jerk as he has been for most of this movie. They try to turn it around, but I don't know. A lot of damage is done along the way. Now, this movie was apparently remastered in 4K, and it looked pretty good on my plasma TV, uh, on Blu-ray, uh, pretty crisp color oh you also get appearances in this one by by uh midgets midgets or small people dressed in kiss costumes just for the sake of them being there that's and there's a plot device with it for extras you get a lot of um blu-ray exclusives in this uh 
You get a gag reel, deleted scenes, uh, what an action adventure. Back in the saddle, Le Rev, no animals were harmed. Uh, and, and the reason they have that, there is a fight scene oh, in this movie <laughs> between Paul Blart and I think it's a peacock. Although I, no, it's, it's a peacockish type of bird that, that is really crazy. And I don't know if really that necessary. Uh, real cops, sales tactics, where <laughs> part of this movie, there's a convention and there's a guy selling a really nasty bean gun. And this is a matter of takes. He blows it. And then a photo gallery. There's also um, there's also a feature on the cast of the movie and then and then a feature on how to make a movie. Uh, most of these featurettes are pretty short, pretty small. You, you do get um, a lot extra with the blu-ray sony always does this so if you want to get you know a lot of the gag reel and deleted scenes and a lot of little featurettes you're gonna have to buy the blu-ray otherwise you're just gonna get with just the the cast one and how to make a movie so blu-ray wise if you want all the featurettes you want to get your most and get the best picture then i suggest getting on blu-ray if you feel that just two extras are enough yeah stick with the dvd version um uh, overall the now the quote here's another i love these quotes this is by the good folks at uh this is by kevin thompson from mr movie phone with an f a comedy for the whole family i don't know about that i i i think if i was rating for the whole family i'd i'd watch something else i i don't i'd sooner watch paddington bear um, or I'd, I'd, maybe the first one to me is more of a nice ending, more appropriate family film than this one. Go figure. So I don't know if this truly is a family adventure. I mean, there's a lot of physical gags. He runs into stuff. <laughs> so kids will like that. Uh, toilet humor. Meh, not too bad. I, I've seen worse. Uh, it, it is nothing too overly offensive in it but i don't know as family films i think you could do better there's other stuff out there that you could be watching and oh also uh top marks to to the young actress who plays maya daniela uh, uh i mean Rani rodriguez she really has a bigger role in the sequel and i think it is better than than Kevin James in this movie. And I think she has a real future in acting if she can just get onto better films. So that is my take of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 on a Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment.
Smartest Video Game Review is brought to you by GameAccess.ca, the smartest way to rent video games in Canada. To rent Resident Evil Revelations 2 today, visit www.gameaccess.ca. My video game review for this episode is Resident Evil Revelations 2 for the PS3. As once again, uh, we join back into the land of Resident Evil where viruses run amok and you gotta save your skin. Now, uh, I, I talked in the show previously about Re- Resident Evil Revelations 1 and, this, and that game was very much a third-person game, and this one keeps with that, where where you just where you jumped back and forth between characters in a continual storyline, where you're finding many mutated people and forms from good old virus action from the Umbrella Corp. So you still have all that going on. This story kind of picks up after the events of Re- Resident Evil Revelations One. In a way, uh, you have Claire. Claire Redfield is back. This time, she is teamed with Moira, a a young girl who has who is the daughter of the second team of people you team up with. In the last game, there was about two or three different combinations of duos that that you played. In this one, and this is only a four episode uh, show. Uh, for, for uh, number two, you, your main teams are Moira and Claire and Barry, Moira's dad, and a young girl called Natalie. Now, Natalie is not just an ordinary young girl. She has a connection with the Weskers and the uh, Umbrella Corp, which kind of unravels as we watch, as we play the game. Much like the first one, it's very much, uh, very much cinematic in that every time you jump back and forth between characters, it advances the storyline. As with the first, it's very gory and and is very much an M for mature game. This is not a game you want to play with little kids because some of these creatures will give you nightmares. Much like the first two, a lot of them, if you just kind of shoot uh, one creature off, it, it, it kind of has a, a glowing kind of red spot, and that's what you shoot to take the creature down. Now, one of the additions... To, to this game is invisible enemies that only really if, if you can see sort of if you play the girl Natalie which you can kind of switch back that's really her only use in this game is detecting invisible enemies and, and throwing bricks to stun an enemy so you can kind of get a shot off and, and these invisible creatures are really annoying because the only way at time you can sense them is one your your screen distorts, so you know they're kind of around, and and two if you're controlling Natalie because if you control Natalie, if you go crouch mode, she can kind of see it as a red kind of glowing thing, and then you have to kind of go okay, it's about there. <laughs> Switch back to Barry, and then just unload your weapon. Generally, where you figure it last was, most of the time this works. There were more than one occasion where I got sloppy and I'm just wandering around with Barry and whoop, I, and, I, and I died really quickly. So when you're with Natalie, there's a lot, and it's a one-hit kill. If the thing hits you, you're dead. There's no shaking it off, you're dead. And so a lot of times when you're with Barry and Natalie, you're constantly having to crouch with Natalie so you can <laughs> sense... When something is coming. There are certain maps in this game. And there is a good variety of maps. Although much like the first game. There's a lot of retracing you do. 
there, there, there are quite a few maps where there's at least two or three of these freaking invisible ones around, and 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 you just have to really like really be quick to get rid of them. Uh, weapons dropping, it's not too bad. That there are um, the usual. You have your handguns, your assault rifles, your sniper guns, your shotguns. All that is there. So you have a fair amount of weapons, and the upgrades are still there as well. You do have the ability to pass your inventory back and forth between characters. You can also combine ingredients and make uh, exploding bottles, uh, flame bottles, or smoke ones. I found the most useful was flame, really, because these are all biological creatures, so if you launch a flame bottle at one, it, they make pretty quick work out of whatever is trying to kill you. So that's that's the most useful for me, I, I found. I was always making smoke ones were like, well, okay, they temporarily can't see you. Great. But then you can't see them really well. So what the, you know. So exploding or flame really was my uh, weapon of choice. Story-wise, interesting. There are a lot of twists and turns to it. A lot of things like, oh, okay. And there's a fair amount of puzzles in this as well that that you really kind of have to go, okay. I, I have to do that before I can do that. And there there are times where I got a little lost. I mean, there, there you occasionally get a map and it goes, okay, so you're kind of supposed to go here next. And that's fine, but there's at least a couple of times where I, I went, oh, am, am I going the right way? And for the most part, the enemies aren't too bad other than the... the um, the invisible ones, there are a few that, that are one-hit kills that if they grab you a certain way, you're done and you have to go back to the checkpoint. There were a few spots uh, where I had to do it over and over again because I just got sloppy. A, a lot of the the big major ones, you, you're just kind of dodging their, their kind of extended attack and then shooting and then running and then shooting. There, there's one invisible one that you really kind of have to be quick on the ball for otherwise it will just get you every time uh, now they also throw on the element there there are lots of uh there are quite a few stages especially in episode three where there's gas that if you stay exposed in it for too long your character will keel over and die and you kind of have to and they really don't tell you to do this you kind of have to kind of climb up on top of, of boxes to kind of get fresh air so you can still breathe and there's a lot of pushing of things as well and and the other thing the kid is useful for is crawling under little tight small spaces but she can't fight worth anything except throw a brick that's that's her one ability uh overall it it, it it's very gory it's it's very violent and and it's not a game you want to play too much before bed because <laughs> it will give you nightmares um, when it comes to hacha moments, other than those invisible ones killing you out of nowhere, that kind of is it. It 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 does advance the story. the 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 gameplay is kind of cool. Uh, as always with these games, you can uh, advance your character and you can add a lot of traits to do that. I I always go with anything with health you want to do and 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 ammo so there's a lot of customization you can have with it now 
there, there is a multiplayer on it. I did play with it. It, it. There's a raid where you can do and you can choose um, some different skins. So replayability is definitely there once you defeat the story. There's still lots more left of the game to play, and there's no annoying code or whatever you need to get for it. You can just jump right in. So that's cool. Overall, it, it is uh, a fun chapter. Do you have to have played the first game to understand the second? No. They do make reference to m- some of the events that happened in the first move, uh, the first game in the second game. Especially uh, the, the big terracotta, terracotta, the big city that sunk. So there are references to it but you don't really need to play the first one to play the second it's pretty much its own story with just slight references to the to the first if you like survival horror this this game is for you it's uh it's neat and and challenging and was it too many times i ran out of ammo i sometimes i ran out of room but i didn't run out of ammo too often so that really helped i wasn't slashing away at monsters too often so that is my take of resident evil 2 revelations for the ps3 this video game review was brought to you by gameaccess.ca the smartest way to rent video games in canada to rent resident evil revelations today visit This video game review was brought to you by GameAccess.ca, the smartest way to rent video games in Canada. To rent Resident Evil Revelations 2 today, visit www.gameaccess.ca. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Rambled Russell. Hope you enjoyed the show. As always, you can touch me the number of ways on the internet. You can check me out on Twitter. I'm Rambling Russ on Twitter. R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and I'll tweet you back. And I appreciate all the followers that I get on Twitter. Also, as well, you can check me out right here on TalkShoe Network. I'm show 18411. You can find all my new and current shows. If you're looking back for past shows, all my original home on the internet is still up and going. And that is at Libsyn. That's HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, rambling Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. That is the original home on the internet where I have over eight years of podcasting goodness from 2006 right up in 2013 there for you to check out. You can also check me out on the iTunes and the iTunes store under podcasts. Coming up on the show, got a lot of great reviews headed your way. Lots of great titles left over from the great folks. Anchor Bay, as well as Mill Creek, sent me a couple of older movies, uh, which include Firebirds, starring Nicolas Cage, Tommy Lee Jones, and Sean Young, where it's Top Gun, but with choppers. And then another good classic on Blu-ray as well, Samuel L. Jackson, Mila Jovovich, and... Stellan Skarsgård, it's no good deed. That's all coming up on a future episode of the show. As long as we'll return to the universe of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, with Showdown in Dimension X. As well, I'm going still through the third and final season on CBS of Unforgettable, courtesy of Paramount. And uh, and video game reviews uh, coming up. I'll I'll talk about Yaiba. 
Dragon Ninja Dragon Z or Z, where you take on the enemy of Ryu Hayabusa, as well as the dog who saved Summer from Anchor Bay. Some good stuff coming in in July. Also, there is a uh, a new Disney release coming out soon called The Descendants, where the the sons and daughters of Disney's greatest villains try to save the day and rebel against their villainous parents. That's all coming up on future episodes of the show. That is it for me, and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble with Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.